Okay, so hello and welcome to the Restoring Life podcast. Uh, this year we are looking in the juicy realm of a new story of sustainability, which is a field I know I've worked in for many years and there's some really exciting narratives emerging uh, in many, many new ways. So I'm really, really grateful to be sat here uh, with Steve Malkin. Uh, who is the founder of the Planet Mark? Um, hello, thank you, thank you for spending some time with me today to have one of our one of our coffee chats. Yes. Um, and as we were just saying, you guys are uh, since I discovered you probably about a year ago now. Um, you just seem to be growing both in you know the amount of organisations signing up with you, the amount of incredible stories you're making and telling and and I would just say the energy behind what you guys are doing so I would absolutely love for you to just share a bit of that journey with us and yeah what's exciting you about where you're going with the planet mark thank you so much and that's really really kind words and I think there's a big piece around here on energy isn't there definitely I think that we're uh, an organization full to the brim with optimists um uh, which is a Great thing. Um, uh, I'm a former civil engineer, so I always think I've kind of got my feet literally on the ground. <laughs> so, sort of optimism and great energy, but yeah. there's some pragmatism here, there's some practicality here, so we yeah. kind of try and put these, these things together in the work that we do. It's that rational optimism piece, isn't it? That's so important right now, I think. Yes, it is. Yeah, and we're, you know, and the, and the feeling that optimism. Um, leads into action and right. you know, the people that we're working with um, inside every organisation that, right. that you know, takes up the planet mark, uh, there's, there's so many people that just want to do something yeah. and they're desperate to do it and they've got great energy and passion and knowledge um, you know, and our, our, part of our role is to just help unlocks them. Right, absolutely. Well, I think this is where, uh, yeah, that groundedness is really important. So um, I know you and I were talking earlier about, you know, there's a lot of good storytelling happening. Um, There's some not so good storytelling happening as well in the realm of sustainability and climate change. And, you know, you've got everything from one spectrum of the narratives of fear and guilt and shame over what's going on through to much more of the Pollyannish technology will save us and it will be fine and you know so this it's very rare to find an organization that's playing in the grey realms in between and acknowledging what's going on and yet maintaining this positive yet grounded outlook on the future so I mean how do you guys do that um not just in what you you know your invitation I guess for people to join the planet mark but how you tell your stories about it too well we um we were, some years ago, we were sort of doing a lot of measurement of stuff. Yeah. Typically, this would be, you know, organisations that, you know, that use energy, you know, electricity or gas or fuel in their vehicles. They might be, um, you, know, you know, using, consuming paper throughout the way, it might be waste, it might be recycled. Um, and they have all of these sort of measurements and, you know, we were telling all of those measurements that every organisation in the UK and around the world has actually got. Their goal is data. And we were just turning it into carbon. So for every organisation we'd be able to create a carbon footprint so we could measure things really, really well. And then once you start measuring, we can then say to, you know, well, actually, you want to set some targets to improve those measurements to, right. to reduce your carbon footprint. And, you know, so we became really proficient at 
measuring all sorts of stuff and uh, and turning it into sort of a single factor like you know carbon emissions that right. people don't get their arms around. Um, and we took to this sort of idea into sort of small to medium-sized enterprises, small companies who don't necessarily have a sort of sustainability specialist, but they might have a whole lot of people there that just want to do something yeah. differently. We say, well, look, this is your carbon footprint. And this is how you know, your carbon emissions your electricity or your gas or your vehicles, your travel, you know, how it gets work and so on. Yeah. And they went, oh, God, well, maybe we could have tackled some of these things. And they can start to reduce their carbon emissions because they're really interested in, in, in you know, um, you know, the areas of the business where they can affect change. Right. And um, we took this idea down to um, Sir Tim Smith, uh, the Eden Project and his incredible team down there at the destination in Cornwall and um, said, look, you know, we can certify organisations producing their carbon footprint each year, but we yeah. need to, we have to, we want to engage their people in the process. So we're not going as a consultant and about to do it, actually, they don't want to do it, they just might need their guidance. Yeah. Um, and so, he, you know, we said, you know, should we do a certification programme together and help, you know, ostensibly loads and loads of SMEs around the country. Yeah. Um, get better, do better, and make people feel great about being part of it. Right. And um, he said, let's do it. So we created the planet Park with Eden Project, you know, um, some years ago, 2013. And, uh, and you know, ever since we've been growing and it's been sort of gathering, gathering pace. It's really exciting. It's a great time to be doing this work now. Absolutely. Well, and I love the focus on the SME. <laughs> sector because um yeah having been a consultant in that sector for many years now it is so often common sense you know and yet really it's just giving people the structure the systems within which they can apply their own creativity their own energy uh, their own common sense and I think one of the strengths that I see in you guys is you also as well as giving people the framework you also offer more than anyone else I know so far around that kind of communications support so the storytelling side of what they're doing you know and so how are you seeing that you know driving the right behaviours in some of your some of the companies you work with. Well, we you know um, we it's really what we, we spoke to uh, to the guys at Eden about because yeah. they're great storytellers and that's really what we wanted as part of our relationship with Eden yeah. is that not just this absolute sort of connection with nature that we all need and want and desire because it you know from a basic point of view makes people happy yeah. um, and but nature is also going to be you know part of our solution to the climate crisis. But the way that they're able to um, create these stories and you know yeah. make it interesting to people, you know, sustainability actually is a super interesting subject. Yeah, but this you know it's told in a really dull way most of the time. <laughs> so what we always try to do is say, well, look, if we kind of got these sort of three parts, we think are pretty important for organisations, might be to measure stuff really well, to engage people in the process inside the organisation, so it becomes cultural. Yeah. So it's not like. Um, you know, a bunch of consultants telling them what to do. So it's cultural, so it's the measurement engagement, and then the communication piece is yeah. about sharing what they know and what they've learned and what works and what doesn't work, yeah. you know, in a really interesting way, you know, uh, you know, targeting different audiences. So we build that into our certification. And um, and then uh, I was sort of kind of heartened uh, back in November last year, 2018, um, so David Attenborough said, you know, look, we kind of, we know what the issues are. Yeah. We've got all the tools in the box. The big challenge for everyone now is to tell everyone on the planet 
what the issues are and what their role to play is in helping solve this climate crisis. Yeah. You know, and so he said it's all about communication. This Definitely. is what it is about now. So, <laughs> so, so it's good to be in this podcast, right? Yeah. yeah, well, it was certainly one of the motivators for this because, like you said, I don't really like the word sustainability. I don't think there's many people out there telling very compelling stories. Um, or there's a lot of cynicism, um, I've noticed, you know, amongst many different demographics where either, you know, you might be a believer, if you want to use that word, in, in what's going on in climate change, in climate crisis, this even um but you know there's still a lot of cynicism about company stories about how people are, are addressing these and oh are they really or are they just telling a good brand story because they want to look good and they want to attract more customers you know so i think there's a gap there uh, which you're right eden does really well and i think you guys are really jumping into this gap which is look um, we are just sharing the good news and we're sharing the good news with an invitation which is here's some stuff that you can do personally, organisationally, even as a community of yeah. people to actually act from a place of optimism and positive forward momentum, you know? And I think it's just almost that, I hate to call it Janet and John, but the simplicity of the messaging um, allows people to get a grasp on it, you know? And it's not brandy, corporate green washing stuff. Yeah, it's the opposite you know? of that. Exactly. So, you know, we were, um, you know, I suppose years ago, if you said we running a, an organisation or, you know, um, or you know, they involved with yeah. uh, an organisation to do certification, you go, wow, really? <laughs> Where does that come from? Yeah, um, uh, the, what it gives us is the ability to measure stuff, be it environmental impacts or social impacts as we yeah. do now as well, is that you go, all right, well, that is the nugget of truth that sits, you know, within this whole sort of storytelling piece. Yeah. So that if you know that to be the case, then you can tell a great story about it. Yeah. Because you can say, you know, um, you know, we know we're making progress. Uh, or we say, actually, that didn't work. And that's a really valuable piece of knowledge to share with other companies. Exactly. Don't waste your time on that. Or do it differently. Yeah. Um, so the measurement piece is, is fundamental, actually, to telling a great story. And the engagement piece is about, okay, how have you done it? Because that's about people. Exactly. And, and you know, um, and we're fascinated by people. Uh, and um, then it becomes, you know, you know, not only quantitative, but it also becomes emotive. Yes. And then you then you kind of got some good ingredients for a story there, I think. Yeah, you do. No, you do. And it's almost just I I love the social piece because you know it is this old adage of you know what you measure you can actually change, yeah. and so that's the beginning. And yet, unless you actually measure what some of these almost hidden narratives are for the people that are trying to enact the change or the system within which they're working in and we make those visible and yeah. um, quite often you run up against these derailing factors you know so a narrative I often bring in when I'm working with an organization around sustainability or ethics or you know even just improving their environmental impact is okay so what has stopped you doing this so far? You know, and let's not just name all of the normals like budget, time, you know, all of these. Actually, what's the mindset that stopped you doing this yeah. so far? And let's really get underneath the, the, you know, the key components of that 
narrative. Because if we can understand what's stopping you as an organization, we can then look at all the spin-offs. So, you know, what is the culture of the community within which you're operating? What is your perception of your customers' needs and wants? You know, how are you actually engaging with the wider ecosystem of, of you know, NGOs and government uh, organizations? And how does that work? And it's just this ecosystem idea to story that's quite often a new thing for a lot of people, I know. I think it is. Well, I mean, what, okay, so that's a place where then we need to learn together. Because, yeah. Um, we think we've got a really, and I'm going to use company jargon, but we've got a really compelling business case for sustainability, right? right? So if we're standing at a board meeting, and, um, you know, and we, you know, in, inside we have the operations of an organisation, yeah. So sometimes you need to use that time to speak, which yeah, is absolutely for fine. sure. Yeah. So we've got a really, really good business case for sustainability, which yeah. is if you reduce your carbon energy water and waste, if you engage people in the process and contribute to society, yeah. you will save money, you will have a great brand yeah. that people will want to work inside your organisation, and also you will attract fantastic customers. So you attack, attract and retain customers, attract and retain great staff. You've got a great business. Now that's our sort of third second business case for sustainability. Yeah. Overlaid on that wonderful Venn diagram of environmental impact, right. social impacts, economic impacts, all of which you can measure now. So you can measure how well you're doing. Yeah. But not everyone says yes to that. And, and so I'm like, why not? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you, <laughs> right. why wouldn't you do that? It doesn't even sit on the fact that you have to believe. In exactly. sort of climate change and other things like that, I think we're past that now, yeah. by the way. But um, but why wouldn't you sign up right now to any organisation, mine or others out there, to, to do this stuff and just do more of it? So I think the reason why we're growing, you know, so quite phenomenally, is because I think we're really clear about that. But not everyone signs up, and until they do, I always want to know. Why not? Yes, I was going to ask you that. So, you know, when you guys ask that question, because you are great at that, you know, in terms of the follow-up of, okay, so what what didn't, yeah, why was this a no-brainer? Why wasn't it a no-brainer? So, yeah, what are you guys seeing in terms of some of the system barriers that we're coming up against? Or the people barriers, even? The system barriers and the people barriers are, um, so, look, firstly, if it's us or somebody else, obviously, we want to know, you know, that, because that just helps sharpen our pencil. But actually, at that point, to be honest, we don't care because we just think everyone should be doing something that's different yes. flavors of organizations like the Planet Mark and B Corps and Carbon Trust and so on that right. we can do. So just pick one, but don't do nothing. You know? um, but if somebody said, Oh, we're gonna put this out until next year, we go, well, okay, you know, why? See why? Yeah, given the fact we've kind of got 10 or 11 years to turn this, you know, this climate crisis around, Absolutely. which we can all know part of. Absolutely. Um, now, I think there's a piece in here which is it's in the too difficult to deal with pie, uh, pie, uh, pot. Um, so, for large organisations, they've generally got the right people in place who can sort of do sustainability stuff, they've got energy yeah. managers, and they can implement these sort of programs. So, yeah. we're great working with those. But for a small organisation, they say, okay, well, I don't know quite where to put this thing, and you know, I'm super stretched right now. Yeah, yeah. there's a whole bunch of stuff floating around about Brexit. I can't, you know, I might be losing business and so on. Yeah. So there's real stuff that I can't. But our job then for you know, you know companies like you know, House um, and others like us is just to make it simple. So yeah. just start now. We're going to help you all the way. So I think there's a little bit about that. Seeing less of it, 
there's some stuff around, you know, um, resource being stretched, what you said before. Yeah. But these are sort of, you know, typical stuff around budget. Yeah. Um, but actually, if you say what well, you spend on these programs, exactly. so we've got that data to back us up. Um, so I think that we're eradicating most of the normal business barriers. But sometimes there's still this, this emotive piece in there which we're keen to learn more about. Yeah, yeah. likewise. Um, and, we, and we have to solve that. So everyone goes, yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah. That's yeah. what we need, fast. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we just got to get better. Well, and I think, you know, it's interesting. So I have a natural impatience in me. <laughs> you know. Just, right. Just, yeah, it's like, okay, right. We, like you say, we've got this kind of decade horizon, everyone. Um, it's a no-brainer. It's so many different ways. Why would we not do it? Um, so there's that side of me <laughs> when I'm working in this sector. Then there's this other side that has more of a, I mean, I began my life uh, and my career actually as an archaeologist. So I was rooted in this longer sense of time, uh, not just planetary time, but human time. And, and, you know, I mean, climate being a really interesting thing because climate does change. However, we've never seen it change the way it's changing now at the speed it's changing now and the impact it's having, right? So um, there is this other thing which, you know, you hark back to kind of the law of innovation diffusion and you reach this tipping point where actually uh, it's not only cool to be doing that new thing over there it's just becomes the norm and so I wonder if you know organizations like yours and the work that many of us are out there doing we're all just adding our piece our unique piece to this ecosystem that we're fast seeing momentum hitting heading up to a tipping point I mean what do you think that's my optimist (laughs) I I, I think we're we're in that but this is the zone now yeah I think that uh, people are seeing this as the new norm. Exactly. Yeah. And um, there were leaders out there that have sort of been banging this drum for the last 20, 30 years. Absolutely. Um, but there's a whole lot of factors which have come together incredibly recently and quickly um, to make this thing something that organisations need to do. Yeah. And it's interesting, which is that in that space then, because we're optimists and we might be taking a really positive view on sort of leadership and innovation and all that sort of stuff, but actually, fact, there's a bit I think we're getting into now is about risk, which is actually what if I don't do it? Yeah, because right. all my competition are doing it and I'm the laggard here. Where does that leave us in right. terms of really practical stuff about, you know, attracting winning new business? How do I fill in the tender? Yeah. How do I make a presentation which makes me different from the others, apart from being, you know, great quality, the right price, all this sort of stuff? If I'm not up there in terms of sustainability, we absolutely know companies are losing business. Right. So we're in that tipping point, which is actually there's a bunch of your competitors out there that are doing this already. Probably arguably better than you. Yeah. You can catch them up. You might find ways of overtaking them. But it is becoming a new norm. Yeah. And that's why it's got possibly exciting because it's moving so quick. We kind of like it a little bit to Blue Planet Two. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we know that there's a petition of people who've been rattling on about you know, microplastics and microbeads and Absolutely. for years and years and years. <clears throat> but then to you know, to David Attenborough in a TV show to bring that into our households and people go, Do you know what? That's not acceptable. Yeah, I cannot have that relationship with plastic anymore because yeah. it's killing stuff. Yeah. And I'm not doing it anymore. And then there are a whole lot of brands and organisations that are scrabbling around trying to make change so fast they don't know what the solutions are. Yes, exactly. Now, plastic's tough. 
Yeah, and it's, it's, we're all over it as well with advising. Yeah. Climate is a bigger issue, but it's also arguably easier to cut the carbon yes. than eradicate plastic. Absolutely. No, I agree. I agree. And I think there is this interesting thing around um, the tangibility of some of these things and really making things like climate change tangible now mm. so that people see it as we do plastic. I mean, plastic is in our face constantly, isn't it? And the yeah. narrative has now become one where, um, you know, it's, I would say it's healthy competition. So every day I look at a, a story across social media where another supermarket's, you know, reducing uh, packaging and you go, great, finally. Um, they're doing it out of healthy competition. Let's face it, we had a few forerunners and now everybody's scrabbling to keep up, as you say. But that's a positive spin on competition, I think. Yeah. Um, I guess what I'm seeing is an interesting trend. And this is this is around the forerunners of who are adopting things like the Planet Mark, like B Corp, like the ISO standards. But it's almost a shift. And I, I you know, and I haven't quite I'm just watching it with interest because I see this as a meta-narrative shift, um, which is we are, you know, we've been in such polarised competition narrative for such a long time, which underlying that is an inherent scarcity narrative, right? So I have to compete against you for customers who are either finite or scarce or resources or money or you name it. Actually, I mean, and I'd love to hear your perspective on this. I'm starting to see that shift towards, I wouldn't say true collaboration yet, but... This idea of ecosystems of change. And so, you know, each one of us being, you know, if you look at a, look at a particular region and you have organisations within that region, how can we all work together to actually enhance our business performance but actually enhance the performance of the entire region at the same yeah. time? So I think it's fledgling, but this, you know, it's, it's that idea of systems and ecosystems and how can we all come together and have a different dialogue? You kind of mentioned that we're at Coalface, a little bit. Yeah. Terrible analogy, yeah. yeah, we should change that, shouldn't we? We're at the, we're at the, the, the solar panel yeah. phase of things. <laughs> Hydro. <laughs> we need a sustainability metaphor, don't we? <laughs> so, um, but so we're, we're there and we're um, meeting and working with organisations. Yeah. Who are what we might classify as long term achievers, we've been doing for ages, yeah. and also for um, organisations that are fairly new to it, who are accelerating and you know, into this you know, um, space and enjoy the process. Um, so early doors, I think, some years ago, then we would be using absolute competitive advantage. No yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're still there. Um, but uh, there is now a much greater sense of collaboration. Mm-hmm. And it's a tough one to, to, to really solve that. Um, but the only way we kind of get this whole circular economy piece going right. um, is, through, uh, is through collaborative work. And so it is bringing together... Um, relationships which you know, historically have been you know, competitive, yeah. but understanding that there's a bigger issue here. And that is the beautiful yeah, piece, actually, where, where people come together and recognise that actually we've been working with an out profit for the first time Absolutely. to solve something from an industry perspective. Um, so uh, you know, we love that space and, and we're seeing it happen. There's yeah. no doubt about it, that is happening now. And within the next decade, I mean, this is going to be the Transformational decade. Exactly. And people will be saying, what did you do when this kicked off? Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I think this is that moment in time where people will be asking what we did yeah. you know, individually. Did I do the right thing? 
I got together with my competition. Yeah. And we started tackling sustainability mm-hmm. issues inside our organisations really properly and within our ecosystems and in our regions and in our country and beyond. Yeah. Yeah, this is our time. I love that. It reminds me of that Drew Dillinger poem, What Did You Do Once You Knew? <laughs> the hieroglyphic stairway. I'll have, to, I'll have to share that. I don't have it with me, but yeah, I will. It's a really powerful call to action, I think. And it is just that sense of it's undeniable that we know. <laughs> so, how are we all stepping up and responding to that knowing now? And, you know, organizations like Planet Mark are just, I think you're. I see you as cultural translators, so people who are able to bring together disparate different parts of this system and actually facilitate that collaboration, you know, and facilitate a new story coming out of collaborations, which I think is really exciting territory. We we kind of we work with different associations. One of the associations we work with is an organisation called the Royal Warrant Office Association. And so these are companies that have been going for many, many years. Um, and have this sort of, um, you know, uh, you know they buy appointment thing for the <clears throat> base of the Queen or yeah. Prince Charles and so on. We into this, um, you know, the ability to um, have a role one is the requirement to sort of demonstrate you're really getting it in terms of the environment and society. So you contribute to society and you um, contribute to, to the planet. Um, so we work on a lot of those organisations, but also for the, um, the association who facilitate these roundtable discussions. And, you know, uh, we try not to talk much, which for me is really difficult, so I wang on and on and on. <laughs> so it's a practice for me, but so we sit there and so we just throw some issues out that have been led by the people in the room. Yeah. Now they're completely cross-sector. Yeah, there are yeah. all sorts of sectors, and there are all sorts of sizes, from corporates mm-hmm. to individual sole traders, and they're in the same space, and they will talk about the issues that might, they might be facing. Sort of, and, and what's the knowledge in the room? Who knows how to, you know, what's the practical experience? Right. That that works. And we absolutely know that sort of great stuff comes out of that. That's brilliant. We then have to sort of you know, work then to sort of throw that, sort of you know, bring that material together and simplify it and then get it back out again. But for those in the room and for those who benefit from the, the toolkits that right. come out of that, um, you know, it's there. Uh, you know, we know how to solve this stuff, yeah. actually. And um, because everyone's been trying in different ways. But we have to get those conversations going and shared, yeah. you, know, from, you know, from a customer to a supplier. Yes. Like, and everything in between. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's funny, I think back to the days where I was doing continuous improvement with large disparate groups of, of field engineers back, back, back in the early days of my career. And it was always astonishing to me that there was very rarely a problem that couldn't be solved by getting the right group of people around a table and applying common sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think, you know, I just love how you're describing these, these cross-sector dialogues that are happening because I think half the time we have another narrative that I see that gets in the way, which is if we're going to have impact and create real change, it has to be complex. <laughs> and, after, yeah. and often the solutions to these things at least begin very simply and then are scaled to the level of complexity that's needed Um, but it is I think our biggest challenge right now is not just with the story but with the action keeping it as simple as we can so that it can be accessible yeah and if you can if you do that then you can unlock everybody's skill inside any organization because we need literally everybody um to to say I understand you know I've got a role to play here and you know, um, and also you know, contribute new ideas. 
Because the next sort of, you know, we, I think we've been, a lot of organisations have been tackling this incrementally. Right. <clears throat> and doing well at that. And, you know, over time, obviously, you get there. Um, the issue that we've got is the time is shortening and we need to get there faster. Yeah. So, um, so for us, you know, having a programme whereby you can quickly get into incremental change is great because then people understand it's not alien, it's actually it's quite straightforward, it is a fine common sense. Um, what you then want to do is then facilitate conversation inside the company to say, all right then, so let's just take carbon and climate change as a, as a starting point. What happens if you want to get to zero carbon? Yeah, what happens if you want to get to zero carbon by 2030? Which is what we need to do. So, how would we do that? Yeah, and so there's lots of practical, pragmatic stuff. Yeah. Um, there's also like some rethinking, and so the creatives in the room uh, then can get to work on that. Yeah. They can throw out some ideas and question why can we do things that way? And that right. inside an organisation then does release an awful lot of talent. It does. Um, and people feel excited to be part of that. Yeah, it's absolutely right. Can you imagine going into work and saying, actually, we want to kind of rethink what we're doing our business here, and everyone's a part of it. Yeah, um, yeah. That's what we, we, we're kind of there now, so we're going to start thinking about. No, I think you're right. I think you're right, and there is definitely a role to play around setting uh, big, juicy goals that are rationally grounded and optimistic at the same time because there is just, it does unleash that energy that's needed. It's that tidal wave of creative energy. Yes. And actually just the, almost the challenging of everything we've known, because if we don't, everything we know now <laughs> might not exist, right? Yeah. By 2030, it would be very different. Um, so that sense of, of uh, yeah, oh God, just that sense of catalyst energy is where I think perhaps the narrative needs to go um, as opposed to doom and gloom it's more you know actually uh, yeah. ri let's rip up the rule book throw that over our shoulder and see what we can do when we all go at this together that's know? right we're, we're part of a bigger momentum here it's a big movement which is taking place yeah um, we don't you know and in that the ripping up of the rule book and so on if, the, if you think, if you're in an organisation, how can we start doing that, then, you know, um, there is a really good place to start. But if it is too scary to start there, yeah. start simply. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, for our, so we just know that some people just need to get going. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, once you talk about it, and I know time is an issue, but actually a lot of organisations out there just need to um, yeah. make them feel comfortable. And then we can find a place to accelerate. And we, you know, we've seen that really, really work and work quickly. But, you know, I suppose the message out there is if you think it's complicated, it isn't. It's dead easy and it's great to be a part of. Yeah. Um, uh, and then you can get into some of this stuff about, okay, what's the rule book? What, what pages might be needed to rewrite? Absolutely. Yeah, it's that old uh, physics adage, the universe is as simple as it can be, but no simpler. <laughs> Perhaps that's what we need to apply here, right, to our new story yeah. of social change. And maybe that's what it is, you know, actually, maybe it is, if we take out the word sustainability, maybe that's what we're looking at, you know, it is literally the story of human change and transformation is what yeah. we're talking about. And we're not separating out any particular sector anymore. This is, you know, how we all grow and evolve together into the next what century what society to live in absolutely and, um, you know we have uh, you know we have right to clean air we have right, yeah. we have right to clean water um, you know we want nutritious food um, 
we want to have fun. Yeah, uh, not at the expense of the planet. Right. But we, you know, all of these things are starting. You know, we want to be healthy, mm-hmm. and, and we want to enjoy our time here, and for those future generations to enjoy their time. Um, and we can do that. We create a really, really amazing. <laughs> amazing. 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 Let's say something else. Ah! A, a great world. Here, right? <laughs> I yeah. think we should yeah. say it. I think but, we should um, absolutely say it. You know, this is what's in our hands, and and. You know, that, that starts, you know, that's, that's exciting. Yeah, I love um, that. Yeah, just want to do more of that. Oh, amazing. So if we had to leave everybody with a call to purpose and action, what, what, would, you, what would you invite people to, Steve? Thank you so much for dropping that out. So, so for me, it's, um, so maybe I can just do a bit of a reason why I did this Please stuff. Please do. Um, was the, so I was, you know, going along with a, a career in marketing, been, been in, in, done engineering, I've done some car racing, done some games, work, I've really done a bunch of stuff. But actually, when the kids came along, I found a new level of love that I did not know existed. So I've got three boys, um, you know, you know, as any parent, you know that there's this new level of love that you have, and therefore, right. if I had anything, then I wanted to ensure that they could have the best possible future on this planet. And that, that you know, if they chose to have children, then yeah. they might also have that. Now, if you extend that out to actually, you know, you know this be beautiful, yeah? Mm-hmm. And we need to look after our future generations in this hand. So it's a piece of stewardship here. Right. Um, so um, it doesn't take too long. It's really easy to do. Um, and we're all doing stuff around sustainability, funnily enough. Right. Uh, and contributing to society um, and also to the environment. So, um, uh, you know, I think if somebody was to say to you in 10 years' time, what did you do? Have a great answer for them. You know, yeah. And start you know, today doing a little bit more. What did you do once you knew? Love yeah. that. Yeah. Love that. Thank you so much, Steve. It's so, it's, yeah, what a great conversation. And uh, yeah, I'm sure. Oh, these will grow arms and legs and we'll see where the new story of sustainability takes us in the next year or so. Hopefully we'll have you back and, and share what's happened in a year, year's time from now. <laughs> Absolutely. Create an effing beautiful world. <laughs> Thank you.